Thanks for listening to the Calgary Business Podcast. I'm your host, Alan Wozni. Today's episode is part of a special series with Errol Voss titled Errol's Eye On. Errol is a native of Canada and currently lives and works in China. At 23, Errol manufactured and branded his own product line overseas and ran his first marketing campaign across North America. Not only did this campaign convert over $35,000 in its first month, it also sparked his interest in the nuances of marketing. Today, Arrow works with companies in China, United States, Canada, Australia, India, and Malaysia, developing marketing strategies that boost customer acquisition and maximize revenue. Errol has been featured in tech magazines, blogs, radio shows, podcasts, and marketing conferences. The Daily Cup of Tech lists Errol as one of today's top digital marketing professionals. Kirwawa Magazine calls Errol a leading marketing mind in China. I hope you enjoy the Errol's Eye On series, whereby Errol Voss will seek to provide you with practical advice on doing business. Whether you work in a startup, a medium-sized enterprise, or a multinational organization. I invite you to subscribe to the Calgary Business Podcast from whatever app you access your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and even Amazon Music. I also invite you to leave a review. This will allow others to easily find the Calgary Business Podcast, including all episodes in the Errol's Eye On series. Once again, thanks for listening and have a great day. This meeting is being recorded. <laughs> Good morning and welcome to Errol's Eye On. Uh, this is episode number three and I'm your host, Alan Wozni. And for this episode, I've got Errol, of course, the expert Errol Voss. Errol, I'm going to allow you to introduce, I'm going to ask you to introduce uh, the topic for episode three. Hey, Alan. Yep. Let's get started. The topic for episode three is the biggest trend in retail today and how it affects literally everybody. All right. So what is that trend? Yeah. So the biggest <laughs> trend in retail is sustainability. Uh, happening right now is a massive shift to sustainable products. Oh, and right. yeah, and retailers are scrambling to swap out their existing pro product lines with alternatives made from sustainable materials. And the reason for this is consumer demand and profitability. So let's go. I mean, let's let's unpack that a little bit because I, I do. I, there was a call. There was a uh, either on BBC or some Euro News. Or it was like a feature on. H&M, I, I, I don't think you're familiar with H&M, but it's a big yeah. European clothing chain. And they literally had a bin inside one of the retail shops where people could deposit their old jeans or whatever. So it's, are we talking that level? Yeah, we're talking, we're talking all levels. And yeah, H&M is, is well known for, uh, for their sustainability efforts. And that's a big reason why these retailers are getting involved. It, it's a big part of their brand image. So are and, you, uh, oh, okay. So go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, and oh yeah, you you can go ahead. Actually, I'll, I was going to say, say, are you working with are you working with retailers now? And and what I mean, what's the biggest challenge that some are facing? Maybe that's a good start. Yeah, um, I don't 
Well, I work with a company that supplies to that can create uh, sustainable products, but yeah, and, and they work directly with with retail retailers. And uh, I think the biggest challenge that retailers are facing is just keeping up with the demand. And so there was a recent study by uh, a big retail analysis company called Deloitte, and they found <laughs> that fifty five percent of consumers purchased a sustainable product within the last five weeks of partaking in this survey. Uh, 32% of those consumers are willing to pay more for sustainable products. And uh, a lot of these consumers are also willing to buy other brands or stop purchasing a brand based on their sustainability efforts. So these retailers, they're the, the demand from the consumer is there and, uh, they're scrambling to to keep up with that demand so that's the big challenge so ironically it's not no surprise uh, i had probably a year and a half ago i had on my podcast the folks here they're in calgary called arbor and it, you know you think of the tree and but and it's it's, it's about sustainability to they've, they've created an app where they've created their platform is based on monitoring the you know i guess the people you deal business with so they're giving them scores or I don't know the details, and maybe you want to look that up yourself. And but Alex Todorovic um, was the, the founder CEO, and literally the, the boys who are on. There's four of them, uh, the four co-founders, but they're just out there. They want to they want a hackathon, and they came up with this exactly what you you know to your point. Like they just wanted to, to create some which is consistent with them what they do in terms of how they feel about the environment. So that gives grades or points or whatever it is to uh, retailers. So if you want to, to know who should I shop with, I'm not saying they're the only ones out there. That's just their local Calgary guys. So it, it it's, hits that point, like giving marks for yeah. where you, where you spend your money. Exactly. Right. And that's, that's a really good point because uh, consumers are almost doing that by themselves. Now they're whoever has the sustainable products, whoever, is ethical and, uh, and geared towards sustainability are the the brands and the stores that consumers want to do business with. So, okay. So the challenge for them is to meet, keep up with the demand. Is it a trend? Cause I'm going back, you know, there was days when it was don't eat the, the starfish tuna because it was <laughs> because they, they captured dolphins in their net. So is it, is it just mm. some kind of a fad? How do you, to me, I'm not saying it is a fad. I'm saying, is it just a fad? And, and eventually consumers will realize it's either too expensive or not sustainable to, you know, they can't find those products. What do you, how do you respond to that? Yeah, well, I, I did call it just a trend, but I'd say it's moved far past that. And a big reason why it's not just a trend is that it's shown long-term uh, profitability. And whenever there's money involved, I mean, the yeah. retailers will, will be there, right? So sure. sustainable products uh, in last year sold seven times faster than their non-sustainable counterparts and even at higher prices. So uh, this increase in velocity combined with consumer willingness to pay higher prices for sustainable products is just something they can't ignore. And even if you look at the big retailer, uh, look at the corporations themselves, I'd say a, a, the good majority have sustainability managers who their job is to transform the company or take it into the new sustainable age. So uh, they're creating these long-term positions. So I wouldn't, I, I called it a trend, but I would say it's, it's moved past that. It's uh it's something that's here to stay. 
Well, not, and I, I say that in you know in terms of the trends that you they kind of go away, and I don't mean the tune the tune the thing yeah. comes to mind because it's probably still out there. It's just less prevalent because if 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 you know you're not seen in, back then, it was on regular media. Today, it's on social media. So let let's mm. let's let's talk about things in terms of the cost because okay, so they have to change their product development, the the retailer. How how do yeah. they absorb those costs? Those additional costs in today's I mean in, in I mean, you probably have other issues with supply chain and so forth, but how do they absorb those costs? Yeah, yeah, that's that's one of the the difficulties that uh, that arises. Sustainable materials can be more costly. Um, yeah, and uh, just there's been so many technological developments that the prices of sustainable materials are actually kind of getting lower, so they're they're getting more affordable. And uh, that's just as more like harvesting technologies come out and more and new uh, new recycled materials come out. There's more yeah. people actually uh, uh, manufacturing manufacturing these materials. So the costs are getting consistent. So there isn't too big of a like a price gap between sustainable and non-sustainable. There is, but it's not it's not uh, big enough that it's scaring away consumers. The data shows that consumers are still willing to pay that. So if consumers are willing to to pay that extra money for it, uh, then it's something that retailers can kind of offset to the consumer. So the devil's advocate is going again, similar in the past where they've, they've had, you know, this food was made from GMO, non-GMO, or whatever the trend, not trend, but whatever that marketing side how, I mean, mm-hmm. companies are saying that they're putting these banners on that we're sustainable. How do they verify that? How do you as a consumer verify that they've done, they've, they've adhered to that? You know what? That's a really good question because uh, there is a problem with non-sustainable products being marketed as sustainable. Yes. And uh, that's just, you know, a marketing team seeing that trend and being like, you know what? I think we can, we can spin that to increase our sales. Right. So that is a problem. And uh, the best way to get around that or the best way that retailers can protect themselves and consumers can protect themselves is buying uh, certified recycled products. And the industry standard for retailer, it's called the GRS, the Global Recycled Standard. And uh, the Global Recycled Standard is a certification that uh, certifies sustainable products uh, through the whole chain of custody. So from the time that they're, they're made all the way to when they're brought to the, the factory for manufacturing, yeah. everything is monitored and certified. So the whole chain of custody is there. And that's what uh, consumers and retailers really need to look for on the products if they want truly sustainable products. I like, I mean, this, so this is like the stamp of approval. That stamp yeah. now, because you got the virtual, you got the physical uh, retailers, and then there's the online e-commerce retailers as well. So there's that, yeah. I guess, to use that logo, they've got to get, I mean, if you t- talk about APIs or whatever, they get, I mean, there must be some kind of linkage. So there's a verification. If they have that logo, you're, are you assuming that, uh, you know what I mean? Like there's even been, and I'll go back to the mass recent, something recent history. I watched a, a quick video where it said they went and tested. It was, a, I don't know, it was a BBC, Calgary or Canadian, CBC and they literally went and tested people putting those logos on virtual. They weren't, they weren't real. They weren't authenticated like into the N95 yeah. mass or whatever it was. So is, have you come across that? I, I get that in theory, but here's the, the GSR, GRS logo. 
Um, how do people verify? I, I, I don't want to belabor this too much, Arrow, but I think there's there's also that out there where people just tag that in and just, they copy and paste it onto their website. Yeah, I mean, there's always the possibility of that. But I think because uh, retailers are placing so much of their brand image in sustainability yeah. that they don't even, they really don't want to risk being caught. Oh, hey, uh, <laughs> retailer X got caught saying that they were uh, selling yeah. this sustainable product. And it turns out it was all phony baloney. They don't want that because it's really bad for their brand. So these retailers are uh, really checking in on the suppliers, their manufacturers. Yeah. I think that's where these sustainability managers come in. So they're double checking because their their brand their image is on the line so they're going to really be looking into their suppliers and to uh their manufacturers uh in terms of just slapping a logo on a product i mean it i mean you can never say that it can't happen but um i think to get through the retail gates you you can't really really do that but a point you did bring up was online retail and you know with with online you you never really really know I guess you never really, really know uh, because well, someone can just put a logo on, right? So, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, again, we'll go over this thing. You could probably hit examples cross through time, and it's the negative side versus probably the masses, as you just pointed out. They're, they're, you know, they, it could hurt their sales or their reputation, or whatever it is, whether it's physical retail or uh, online or a hybrid of two. So, I mean, but let's let's talk about okay. So you've got supply chain covered. Now on the the revenue side or the consumer side, what are obviously that you got today's today's uh, inflation? You probably heard the inflation trade and the inflation. You know it's it's not transitory anymore. It's actually here to stay. What do you you know? How can mm-hmm. consumers sustain that? Because particularly you know in everything else, gas prices have gone up considerably, and and other energy prices and the food basic not food but basic supply chain stuff. How, how can they sustain higher prices as well? Because they've got they've got higher costs, the input costs. How do they sustain that higher revenue? Yeah, I mean that is that is the cha- that is the challenge. That definitely is the challenge. Um, one way that I know that uh, retailers and and manufacturers and brands are trying to cut back on their costs because yeah. everyone's trying to to fight this uh, is through uh, their packaging and through their uh, shipping costs, and so. Uh, a lot of brands are getting pretty, uh, pretty innovative with how they're they're cutting down on shipping sizes, shipping weights, dimensions, yeah. and that's how they're trying to like trying to make up for that. Um, the the other point is that sustainable products, because there is a, like a social, there's a social um, demand behind them, is they are a little bit more resilient to inflation. So yes, the cost is higher, yeah. but the data shows that the the consumer is willing to pay that because uh, it's the age of the responsible consumer. People want to uh, make a difference for the environment, and they're they're just asking for brands and retailers to to provide them a means, and that's they're willing to pay a bit more for that. Well, and I guess this goes back to some of the things you talk about that supply chain, the verification. There's also a lot of um, companies today looking at recycling, say for phones or you know cell phones or the cobalt or yeah. whatever i mean i just had this discussion the other day about the cobalt going after the waste because it's not a you know it's not a um it's it's, it's got to be renewed or you have to it's not a finite supply of cobalt for the phones and you know the whatever the intricate instruments are but that side of it that as you, see, you know 
reuse, repackage, recycle. I mean, it's been forever. <laughs> that, mm-hmm. But this is when it get, get, go to the waste dump and actually recycling it from there. And I don't know if this is, is, is on topic, but it's, I think there's, a, there's something out there. There's an element of, of acceptance. And so those costs come down, as you said earlier, as the demand increases, those costs will come down because you just need to get more supply into the system. But I, yeah. yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was just agreeing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, I guess we talked, you know, you talked a little bit about, um, I don't know if you talked about it, but it was one of the things we talked off lines, the brand image. Um, and part of this is back like that seal of approval from the GRS or that global recycled standard. I mean, what do companies do? It sounds like you need to have an image consultant or sustainable sustainability um, manager or someone on, on board who's out there getting that message out. What do you... I mean, getting that brand image, changing it from a non-sustainable to a sustainable. Exactly. So, yeah, these corporations, these big retailers are introducing these roles, sustainability managers, sustainability directors. And these people are very up to date with the whole sustainable, sustainable industry. Yeah. Uh, they know they are they know the the certifications, they they know suppliers and they're on trend with uh, with what sustainable products are trending, what what products that are that can be substitute, what current product lines can be substituted for sustainable alternatives, and uh, yeah, it's, they're they're tasked with bringing these companies into the uh, sustainable age and uh, letting letting the consumer know through through the brand as well. So, Errol, you and I talked a little bit in the past episodes about the technology and the tech. And we, our last, we, we talked, went to deep dive on some of the technology. Is there anything that out there that any in the market to help companies on the tech enable? I mean, I mentioned the, the Arbor guys here in Calgary, but that's just here in Calgary. There's a, there's a whole global mass. Anything that stands out for you? Yeah, well, there are uh, companies that uh, they they are enablers they enable these retailers they enable product innovators they enable brands to actually manufacture the same products that they're doing now but out of sustainable materials okay and so that's the, the tech that's the technical you know the technology like extraction or what you know that the biochemical that thing but i'm talking about just tech on you know desktop type stuff SaaS. anything that you're aware of sorry i didn't mean to- oh okay i understand uh i'm not really too uh i don't really know if there's any uh software on that or any technology on that um yeah i'm not i'm not too aware not too aware so that, that might be an, so maybe i can follow because I, I have seen different things again um more surfacey but I, it's just when you, know, you hear about these where people troll if, i mean you personally and you and me personally just googling and doing searches that's pretty inefficient i i gotta imagine now because you, you mentioned this sort of um you know the more demand increases that's going to create opportunities for the tech world, like the Arbor guys here in Calgary, who are, you know, trolling the internet for signals, right? Mm-hmm. Or maybe taking the, you know, do you have this GRS and and looking at those or data, right? Data science, where's the data taking you and the trends? Maybe as you mentioned earlier about supply chain, you know, the cost coming down, packaging. I just seems like there's a huge opportunity to to an overlay, a tech overlay that picks up this stuff, the signals. Yeah, and um, well, the the company that I currently work with, Diversitech Global, they they're not a software company, but they they do all of that manually for yeah for retailers. So they they watch the markets, they identify the trends, 
they stay up to date with the with the recent material technology because there's a lot of cool uh, sustainable materials that are just coming out recently that people aren't aware of so uh yeah the, there's companies that that do this but i don't know about like just a, a software company that uh just goes out and does it yeah well, that gives us an opportunity, Errol, for you and I to just find find that information, and maybe we update this this session because it's it's incredible. You know, there's a new it's a new segment, right? This is a new yeah. segment. It's not it's not crypto. It's not it's not sexy, but it's 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 a massive market if you think of retail. And it is massive, got. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. So one thing that comes to mind, and and you, because we're talking retail, is recently I just it was the the shift. The trend before so before my time or before your time, but it shift from physical to digital to online, and now recently to hybrid. Are you seeing because now you've sort of have this online presence and and then a physical store? Since we're talking retail, uh, do you see that as you know the sustainable side? I guess you know anything that comes sticks to mind on that. Yeah, for sure. Um, you can you'll you'd actually be surprised uh they are selling sustainable products in stores but it's equally being uh marketed and pushed online in all if so you'd be surprised if you go to like type in any of the big retailers they always have a tab just on sustainability so yeah um it is definitely leaked into the the digital the digital landscape so um yeah okay i mean so the, the the reason i said i thought of that article or i thought of it because this is, you know, in, in, even if it's sustainable product is it's the social media element or that you mentioned social, but there's that, mm-hmm. you know, just how do you promote this and funneling it to a physical store, depending on the retail. I mean, if we're talking products, right. Um, yeah. You know, you're talking, you know, clothing and so forth, but there's other products as well that whether you use sustainable packaging or say a candle made out of recycled glass, or I can't think, you know, milk cartons or whatever it is. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the, you know, there's that hybrid. Are you, you know, are you funneling them to a retail store? Are you funneling to our e-commerce site? But I don't want to, I don't want to belabor that point because is there anything else? I mean, so product development, we've covered, we've covered the costs, we've covered the, the marketing or the brand image. How do company, I mean, I guess, have you come across where, you know, they've just, you know, I, I don't know if it's the brand image, but they, they were always known as this and now they're sustainable. Is that something that companies could, you know, say BP pushing the sustainability as a, an oil company at the same time, you know, the black, there's the black oil is everywhere, but at the same time they're pushing sustainability. How do companies overcome that? Well, I mean, I don't know how an, how an oil company could do it, but <laughs> um, you know, you could be a, a retailer or you could be a brand or a store who has like no ties to sustainability and doing something as simple as just introducing new lines sustainable lines if you're a retailer or if you are a brand if you just start manufacturing your same product out of just sustainable materials yeah i mean it's it's easy to make the change as long as you're linked up with the with the right company that can help you facilitate that and like i mentioned before uh diversitech global it's a, a pan-asian company that uh facilitates this type of stuff exactly for brands and for retailers looking to make okay we have this product that we've always had we want the same thing we just want to make it out of sustainable material and that's what companies like diverse tech global can help oh, okay. uh, can help help them do yeah because it comes to mind i mean there's there's a lot of companies in the last few years where i've had on my podcast or just discussions with 
we're going to give X percent to, to social, you know, some kind of a cause. And so that's not mm-hmm. really a sustainable company versus having it embedded in their very fabric. So, um, you know, yeah, I, I don't know if you're seeing that as a, as a, as a trend. Yeah. We're going to give away to, you know what I mean? Is that, cause that's really just not, it, it, it's not being sustainable, but you're putting that logo on or not logo, but the moniker that we're, mm-hmm. we're social responsible. Yeah. I mean, there's so many ways for a company to be responsible or to be, uh, um, sustainable, right? You can be sustainable through your products or you can be corporately sustainable. So the way that you operate, you know, you might, you might, uh, ban one time use plastics at your company. Everyone's using a water bottle or, you know, so there's, there's that. Um, and yeah, so there is a good, a good, uh, corporate, a corporate, uh, body, called one percent for the planet it was actually started by a brand by the ceo of patagonia which is a a clothing company yeah yeah and so one percent for the planet helps uh corporations with their have a sustainable corporate culture and what you do is you donate one percent of your profit yeah um to sustainable uh sustainable organizations so there's all sorts of organizations and one percent for the planet uh orchestrates all of this they they facilitate it all and so yeah you pay one percent of your profits and slash or you can pay through your time so maybe you and your your company goes out and you pick up pop cans on the shoreline for an hour that goes towards your time as well so there this is a good example of a governing body that's trying to uh, increase corporate behavior to be more sustainable well it's interesting because when, when i go back and i would bring this back again the days of recycling there was always a bin in the office and, and so this this has taken it to the next level and i guess that's taking even volunteer work for the next level so the staff as a mm-hmm. corporate they, they they could actually use their image uh, if they've subscribed to the one percent for the planet uh, you know, that could be a branding or getting, you know, out there, I guess, promoting 100%. That, hey, you know, in the state, here's our staff doing the clean up the beaches. I mean, here, in, you come from Lethbridge, Alberta, where, you know, the 4-H club was a real thing when I was, you know, they'd be <laughs> on the highway, right? They'd be on the highway, clean up the highway, the 4-Hers. Yeah. I don't know if you were part of that. I wasn't. I just know about it. You know what I mean? I, well, I grew up on an, on an acreage, so I, okay. I lived near the 4-H's, but I wasn't a part of it. <laughs> but, that, but literally, it's taking it from just cleaning up the highways to the beaches, but it's the, yeah. corporate, the corporate citizen bringing it from the, 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 the recycling bin in your yard or doing the little work you do to a, uh, at scale. That's scale, right? Because it's a non-scalable mm-hmm. activity, and you scale. You bring masses of people. I, I love that. I, I, I'd never heard of that. So this is, this is uh, something... Very useful. It's powerful. Yeah, very powerful. But that's the thing, right? Like the, the trends has gone from just the recycling the plastic and the paper to, the, you know, the tens of the, the number of things in your own household, but in the office. You mentioned you mentioned earlier about the, you know, how people can, you know, going from one use water bottle. I remember the day there was an article about paper clips. We're not going to buy any more paper clips. I can't remember the company. It was a major company, right? We're not going to buy any more paper clips. So people, the people in the office, it was like a, where can we get paper clips? Like anytime, you know, you went to the bank and then they give you the check, you know, and with a paper clip, they would literally the staff mm-hmm. were on a, were on a mission. And this article was, it was a while ago, right? It was probably a long time because who used paper clips anymore, but it was like, it just stuck with me. So, you know, to make it a competition, you take away something and you figure out 
how can they do without it with, with something alternatives, right? What you've just described with the one, you know, the one, um, uh, one percent of the, the planet. planet, right? Come up with mm -hmm. these things. I, that could be a real trend. And I, again, if you're in a corporate world, you've got two, 300 employees or whatever it is, but your clients, right? Yeah. Putting that to your clients, if, if you diversitech and you guys getting that to your clients, I mean, you can have a real impact. Anyway, I, just, I think it's fun to reminisce on some of this stuff. It is. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, I mean, for you, for you, Errol, and, and the, the, the companies you work with, um, is there anything, any, any, do you have an example you want to say where, I mean, you've, you talked about 1% for the planet and the, the Global Recycled Center. Is there any examples you want to pro share or maybe without naming, naming names, anything confidential, but just general? Well, I think something that would be useful to share would be um, maybe materials that these people can manufacture out of because if any of your listeners are, a brand or a brand owner, or if they're a product innovator, let's say they, they invent products, or if you have some some retail execs listening, they they probably want to know. Okay, so I, I understand that sustainable is important. Uh, well, what can we manufacture out of? You know, so I think this is interesting. So why don't I go over some some sustainable materials? I'll just go over like there's so many, but I'll do like three or four. Is sure. that all right? Yeah, absolutely. sure. Yeah, um, these are the ones that I think are cool. Off the top of my head is algae bioresin so algae it's it's naturally occur occurring but yeah. too much algae can actually hurt a water ecosystem so there are companies that can harvest this algae and then refine it into a, a usable material and uh then the this material is repurposed into into products and this so algae is, is it just like a, a, the, the letters lj lj bioresin oh, uh, like uh oh like al like al like uh algae lj a l g oh algae okay so algae. yeah like algae. in the water okay yes okay. yeah algae in the yeah, water yeah, so, a, -A l g a e mm -hmm. yeah okay yeah so they can yeah i guess i pronounced it a little little <laughs> so i was like algae you know like ll cool j the uh the rapper okay so algae like algae that sorry no no that's yeah i get it yeah, I wrote. I literally wrote LJ, the letter J. LG, okay. so like LG in the water. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I get that. Okay. Yeah. So that's a new. Material. So it's cool. They can they can take that and they can, uh, yeah. So they can make like rubbery stuff, plastic out of that. So that's really cool. Another one that I think is is super cool is uh, coffee husks. So coffee husks. You know that little. Uh, it's like a little material that comes off a coffee bean. It's. Uh, like the sleeve on a coffee bean. Do you know what? Hey, in between, like where the slit, like the. Um, yeah. Okay, so when you you look like it's it's open, it's going to be open in the middle there. You're talking about that, the seam in there. Exactly. Yeah, they can uh, they can take that coffee husk and refine it into a, a plastic type material, and it's cool because when you when you make stuff out of this material, uh, yeah. and you you so let's say you make a flower pot out of this material you smell it and you can still smell the coffee, the coffee. which is really wow. yeah that's really cool um and wait, then wait, wait, I wait, guess... you, you just took me to carbonaro effect there's a magician i don't know if you've heard of the carbonaro effect but michael carbonaro does this like he he just comes into a retail shop and he does different things right and he pretends that uh, this is the real one of the things he did was the coffee he so people came for coffee and he took the grounds from, you know, what used the grounds or spent grounds. He put it into obviously, a, if, you know, he did some, and he brought the beans back. <laughs> it's obviously hilarious. Like, oh yeah, bring, you know, it's like, you just basically 
he created the beans from from the ground coffee ground. obviously it was a joke but it was just reminding me of that anyway sorry I it called the, the the carbonero effect yeah yeah so like carbonero uh, mm -hmm. Carbon michael carbonero i was a he's he's a great magician really but he does the retail right he sits in front of a, a shop and he's like oh here's here's your dog i mean i'll, I'll share one last one is the dog the dog it was a dog daycare or whatever and he brought the dog in and then the woman came back for a dog and it was like this storage thing they put into a squished it into a, a plate and it was it was here's your dog right the color was the color of the dog she, she's like what yeah and then we it's just it's a new thing we keep the dog because we have the lim limited space right anyway okay <laughs> all right well i wrote that down i'm gonna look that up afterwards <laughs> okay so the but but back to your bioresin so you said the the algae bioresins you can make plastic kind of a plasticky alternative for that like in yeah like i've seen i've seen hand tools and uh the rubbery part the rubber grip that was made out of algae bio yeah. algae algae i should say yeah, algae, algae bioresin yeah, yeah. Okay. and i thought that was super cool because uh yeah just something that's naturally occurring but too much of it can be damaging we're able to take that and Nice. and uh, help the ecosystem and make some cool products so out of out of edmonton uh jonathan liu i can't remember his, his company was agrosystems and he literally was making these little chia pet type of uh in farming in his in his house like a it looked like a chia pet when he showed when he showed it you might not know what a chia pet is but basically back in the 70s <laughs> 80s used to put uh, chia seeds into uh like some kind of a hold pot a pottery with holes all over and then of course it would come out it looked like hair <laughs> it was like oh this. i know these yeah so it was yeah, a chia yeah. pet right it was like this trend yeah but so so jonathan was doing in his in his dorm at, at university of alberta he was creating these you know products uh, uh, seeds or whatever but he would but the pot that he grew this in so in vertical farming type of thing at home the pot was made out of corn husk some kind of a corn husk resin like it was like okay. like plastic and it was a 3d printed and it was like whoa and it's like literally like plastic as hard as plastic right but made from corn methanol whatever the materials right so really cool yeah so I get yeah that's that's the, that's the cool stuff about these materials is that the technology now behind them you can't really tell the difference like there's not a there's not a quality difference yeah. between uh sustainable and non-sustainable products which is kind of a misconception i think before is like oh if it's a recycled or if it's a sustainable yeah. product maybe the quality isn't there but it's just not the case whatsoever no, no. I mean, they're getting so great, like playgrounds, you know, I'm glad we're going mm -hmm. here because this is actually, you know, they make playgrounds with that re recycled plastics and recycled material. So it's safer, it's safer, you know, instead yeah. of falling on, falling on hard metal or, whatever, or the ground or, or cement or concrete, right? They're, they're falling onto this rubber type material, which is, which is, most of it's recycled today. All right. So I, wish, given... I wish that was there back in the day. <laughs> yeah, back in back in the day. All right. So we've talked coffee hus and uh, the carbonara effect, but anything else? So you said you had three or four examples. So please share. I guess uh, just related back to what you said about um, they're making like playgrounds out of recycled plastic. Actually, that would be called upcycled. So upcycled oh. is when uh, you take. So, okay. First recycled is let's say you take a pop can or you take a pop plastic pop bottle, you recycle it into another uh, pop bottle that's recycled uh, upcycling would be like you take 10,000 of these pop bottles and you upcycle it into a, a playground or you know something okay, like that so it's when okay. you take these smaller items and upcycle it into something yeah. bigger yeah so okay so the that, difference, that was yeah. one of the yeah that's one of the things I wanted to talk about which is because I think that's really cool and you brought up a perfect example is yeah they're making these whole playgrounds out of just recycled or I should say upcycled materials 
Well, like a deck. I we were at a we were at a house party yeah. a couple weeks ago, and in Red Deer. So I'm I'm keeping this in Alberta because you're in China. <laughs> um, but literally, there's like, oh, this is cool. That is it. Is it? I said, is it recycled plastic? But again, to that point, it's it's upcycled, right? The, the materials yeah. are upcycled. I love that nuance. Yeah, I think it's super cool. Like just the whole concept of upcycled, what they can do. Well, you're in a massive. I mean, were you you living in China and in the market there? You've got. I mean, it's probably not easy. It's probably not. It's probably very easy to move this needle quickly because you have such a massive population. And if, you know, if a corner of a fraction, small fraction of China decides to mm-hmm. change their habits, you can have a huge impact on the globe. It's like that butterfly, um, you, the analogy of the butterfly flaps its wings and it's a tornado on the, you know, in, in, in yeah. East Asia and it ends up a tornado or a hurricane on the coast mm-hmm. of Gulf of Mexico, right? They, literally, that, that's the, if you can shift the pop, mass populations like in China or in India or whatever, that can have a huge global effect. Oh, 100%. And yeah, with the population size here in China and the massive, massive uh, middle class and upper class that's developed, yeah. uh, there's huge buying buying power. And yeah, I mean, all the big brands know that as well. They're, they're, there's a spotlight on China. So do you have any more examples than uh, uh, Errol? Errol's eye. We need some Errol's eye on some... <laughs> Some more sustainable. So, I love these examples. Okay, sustainable well, materials. A, yeah, yeah. Another sustainable material is and this is it's. I guess it's. I guess it's interesting. It's ocean bound plastic. So this is any plastic that's located within two hundred kilometers from an ocean coastline, and uh, because if there's any plastic located within that vicinity, there's a good chance that it will get mixed into the ocean. So right. Um, yeah, and the cool thing about this material is it directly using oceanbound plastic directly keeps this plastic out of aquatic ecosystems. And if there's a demand for oceanbound plastic, that means that the companies whose job is to go harvest this oceanbound plastic, it means that they're getting paid and they're able to actually harvest this, which in turn means it's staying out of the water. So I think that's really cool. But I guess that, I mean, that begs the question of, of again, it's one thing to recycle or to collect it, but it's another to have the, the, the facilities, which is highly capital intensive to, to do something with it, whether it's upcycling, up, up grind it down into pellets or whatever, you know what I mean? To, to, yeah. to go to the next, it's like a refinery and oil and gas, you know, to, to other byproducts of plastic. Mm-hmm. Is that, who is covering that? Because I mean, Canada shipped, there was a big thing and, you know, we, we shipped a bunch of waste the Philippines or whatever, because we didn't have the facilities here or China stopped accepting a lot of that from Indonesia or Philippines, a lot of that waste, because we, we have enough of our own, we're going to recycle it. I'm, I, I don't want to put this on your Errol's eye on, you don't have to have your eye on this one arrow, but it's that, do you have the capacity to, to, uh, to take that wastage or plastic, whatever, you know, that ocean plastic, who has that capacity? Are you aware of anything? I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure, but I do know that as consumer demand grows, there's going to be more, more companies yeah. and more outlets for, for doing so. So yeah, to put um, the capital to, to produce those facilities. Cause I'm just going back to, cause during COVID with all that ocean, that, that ocean, those, those huge, whatever it is, plastic mounds in the ocean is because Indonesia and, and the Philippines and other countries no longer could give it to China because China said, we're not taking it. Right. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not, I'm not making a political issue of this. I want to make it, it was just the reality was they stopped. They said, we got enough. Yeah. We can't take yeah, it for anymore. Sure. There's a song in there somewhere, but we, we can't take this oh, anymore, but um, we're not going to take it. Yeah. 
Okay, but I like uh, that. I, I, like, I like that. So yeah. the ocean-bound plastic within, it, it's preventing it from going. So is that, is that how do what do companies do on that one? How do you know if it's ocean-bound? Like, hey, are you going down to the ocean? Yeah, we're going for a swim today. <laughs> yeah, I think, well, I guess to qualify, yeah, within 200 kilometers of the ocean. And yeah. there's there's governing bodies for for these these companies that actually harvest this plastic. Uh, the Global Recycled Standard does this as well. Yeah. And uh, I believe it's the OBP, ocean, yeah, the OBP certification, Ocean Bound Plastic Certification. I'm not too uh, familiar on the specifics, but I yeah. do know that they uh, that they go in there and they monitor and make sure that it is ocean bound. That's incredible. I mean, just again, these things, you know, just to think of it, are you ocean bound? <laughs> we don't know. We, we can't really tell. We got to interview the plastics. Are you guys going to the ocean? Okay. I'll stop one. That's pretty bad. <laughs> so any, any other examples, Errol, on the sustainable materials? Sure. I got, I got one more that comes to mind and this kind of falls in uh, related to the, the example you gave of the, the university student from U of A who was uh yeah. Doing those, what are they? Cheetah pads? Agri- the chip. Well, he was doing the sustainable farm, like a little tiny growing greens in his, basically, why should I go, you know, growing greens in his, in his house mm. and then the corn husk or the corn, not the corn yeah. husk, but the corn kind of produced plastic. Yeah. And that plastic is called PLA bioplastic. Oh. And so, yeah, PLA bioplastic, 100% biosourced plastics made from renewable resources like corn or sugar yeah. cane so that would fall under a pla bioplastic made from corn or sugar. But see, you know this this goes from a trend uh biosynthetics and or synthetic biology because there was um TechCrunch last year had a it's TechCrunch tc disrupt and in there was a, they had the mn they had the biontech and the you know the people that for the for the for the viruses um but there was also this um, it's called Ginkgo Bioworks and the CEO was on there and he talked about, look, everything today is sustainable uh, from, from, you know, synthetic biology. We can recreate say blue jeans. He talked about that stuck. That stuck in my mind. Like, so the dye that goes into the blue jeans, we can now make that from synthetic biology, from biology, from the mat, things around wow. us. And so it really stuck with me. So he says, we, we are now coding. We take the genetic code from what exists, um, you know, out there, like a, like a code on the, on the computer. And we change around the code we, when we hand it to the company so they can make the product. So he, he says, we're not producing a product, but so on the, the same panel was the woman who is a recipient and they do it on scale, you know, so it's incredible. So this, what you've talked about yeah. this, you know, the, the corn and, and um, the res the, coming from the sugar cane, that's literally what these guys are, the synthetic biology. If you looked at that, I'm sure they've got, they're doing that uh, with, because he mentioned the blue jeans, but he said, there's so many other mm-hmm everything around us yeah can we create tons of applications yeah yeah well super interesting yeah errol i think i didn't expect this to go i you know i didn't expect (laughs) this to be that pretty cool but it is really i mean there's some really interesting for for me to sum up there's the the global recycled standard i brought out of this the one percent for the planet is there any last thoughts errol you want to give your eye on um, well, I guess the, my last thought is uh, the way I am, I, I always like a clear route to action, right? So if any of your listeners are listening to this and they want to either educate themselves on sustainability or they are, or they want to get their brand, their product, or if they're a retailer store involved in sustainability, what yeah. they can do, they, they can go to my website, aerovast.com 
and they can just send me a message th through there. And what I will do is connect them with a company called, like I mentioned before, Diverse Tech Global. And I think just getting linked up with that company will uh, really answer any questions and put anyone on the path towards uh, sustainability and a sustainable future. Well, it sounds like a lot of this is around education, right? We didn't talk about that, but it sounds like educating people on changing. Yeah. I mean, part of that edu it's education, it's changing habits, and just more, and then reinforcing that, right? I mean, it took exactly. It took a generation or two generations to get people to recycle, you know, plastic and and that training and that habit and all that. So it sounds like a lot of what you're talking about, Errol, is, is that education piece, having that discussion, that initial discussion with Diversitech or yourself or people like you. And then, and then, but embedding that into the corporate or either personal or individual corporate lives. Exactly. That's exactly it. Embedding it in all levels, corporate, personal, uh, lifestyle. Yep. So we're going to use the paperclip analogy. Take that paperclip and, and, and think about all the other uses in the office. I mean, for any, for the two listeners out there, but this isn't, Errol, I think this is this is a springboard to the next topic. Do we have a do we have a do you have that on the radar or should we wait? <laughs> keep the listeners. Do I have listeners, a, uh, do I have something for the next for the next topic that I was thinking about is completely unrelated, but <laughs> we, we, maybe we could uh, we could well, dive deeper in this if we come up with something. All right. Well, that's good. Errol, thanks so much for uh, getting your eye on on the, I mean it's really sustain it's sustainability in the retail world but it, it, i think it's much wider than that it, it, you know the retailers yep. are doing it but it's it's manufacturing it's the corporate day-to-day uh, -day lives so there's a lot to unpack from this episode thank you for errol for your eye today Alrighty, thanks a lot alan looking forward to the next one all right have a great day cheers you too Bye bye